Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Monday morning, January the 11th. I saw so many of your names go by, Bridget and Jerry, and thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Our prayers are with you. So many, so many people in great need. And I encourage you as you join in with us, anyone that you know has a need. If you have a need, just list it out to the side and let this group, this mighty, mighty morning devotion group, join in with you. So thank you, buddy and Paula and Neil. Thank you for being a part of this. We do welcome you here Monday, January 11. And most importantly, it is day one of 21 days of prayer. As you know, we've done this before, and we follow the book on prayer loosely. I don't duplicate the material there, but thematically, I will try to follow along with the 21 devotions that are listed there. Today's subject, the life-changing walk. Oh, my. Leonard Ravenhill once said, smart men walked on the moon. Daring men walked on the ocean floor, but wise men walk with God. And I can't think of a better way to begin 21 days of prayer and fasting than to emphasize that, that wise men and women walk with God. As Henry Ford said, those who walk with God always reach their destination. You will always arrive in the everlasting arms of heaven. Yesterday, I spoke on the appeal to heaven, and I I duplicated the little flag that I used. It's on the bottom corner of the screen. And and, uh, this was the flag that George Washington commissioned to be over the massive Navy of the Revolutionary, the Continental Army. I, I think they had six ships when it started. It was a quote from John Locke from the previous century that when you've done all you can do on earth, you make your appeal to heaven. And I called all remnant believers to come before God in tearful intercession. And I can't get away from that this morning, from that appeal, that we have to appeal to heaven and find our way into his presence and go boldly before the throne of grace. Thank God. And the pattern I I discussed, first the plague, then the fire, then the resolution, happened to the wilderness journey, happened on the Ornan's threshing floor, the remnant believers, those faithful few who will call on the name of the Lord, that you and I have a choice. Rather than seeing fires of insurrection, we choose fires of intercession, and we stir up the gift that is within us. We pray that effectual, fervent prayer, that white-hot prayer before the throne of God. And as we launch these 21 days, and I'm so excited about this, pray with me. Pray with all of these remnant devotees here on the morning devotion and elsewhere. Let's appeal to heaven. Let's turn it up a notch. Amen. Amen. Invite people into this 21 days. During this 21 days, each fast as we're able, God directs. God says, is this not the fast I have chosen? So choose to fast his way as he leads you and directs you. We do this because God bids us to appeal to heaven. 
God invites us to remind him of his promises. God seeks us to pray and call on his name. We must in this day, in this age, with the events happening all around us, we've got to storm the gates of heaven. So many needs, so many situations. We've got to find the hand of God. And can I say, we need to take the hand of God. We need to walk with him through this season. So Joy and Lawanda and Amanda, Deborah, Bill, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Let's walk with God. In the first of the 21 days of devotion in the book on prayer, I talk with the walking, I talk about the walking voice, how God was seen in paradise. And as a walking voice in the cool of the day, Adam and Eve met with him, fellowship with God. But that was destroyed by the tempter and that intimacy. I, we don't know how long it lasts. They were in the garden, but it was shattered. And after the fall, I just began to look for the first person to walk with God. I found that men began to call on the name of the Lord in Genesis 4, but it was in Genesis 5 that we read of Enoch, who holds the title of the first man who walked with God. After he fathered Methuselah, Enoch walked with God some 365 years, or 300 years after the birth of Methuselah. He lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God, the Bible says, and he was not, for God took him. So much in that passage in Genesis 5. The implication is that Enoch did not walk with God until his son Methuselah was born. And when that son was born, Enoch was moved on by the Spirit to name him what he did, Methuselah. When he dies, it will come. Speaking of the flood, and indeed Methuselah died the year of the flood. Isn't it interesting, Methuselah, the longest name, the longest living person named in Scripture, it just kept living and living and living, because when he died, it would come, the flood would come. God is long-suffering and gracious with us. But Enoch sought God, and he found a unique relationship with God that can belong to us. And he entered into a dimension of living and understanding, where it could be said that he communed with God. He learned to incorporate God in his daily life. Let me say it better. He learned what God wanted for the day. And rather than saying, God, you come bless what I'm doing. He said, I want to be in what God's blessing today. Yes, that's walking with God. I'll join you in this, God. I'm going to get on your calendar. I'm not asking you to get on mine. You see that walking with God isn't inviting God to walk with you. It's learning to walk with him and to follow his steps and to understand his ways and his timing. Outside of redemption, where the greater yields to the lesser, where God became man for the purpose of salvation. Outside of redemption, all other fields, the lesser yields to the greater. And if you're going to walk with God, you're going to yield to his direction and walk according to his ordained path. And you see this at the conclusion of Enoch's earthly life. God took Enoch, a picture of the rapture, our goal is simply not to just get out of here, although sometimes that wouldn't be a bad option, would it? Um, yes, it's far better, Paul said. But our goal is to find the same delight that God and Enoch shared in walking together. What a unique relationship. And God in Scripture just wanted to punctuate it, emblazon it, and embolden it in our mind. And so he takes Enoch to heaven. And that is our motivation as we walk with Jesus. 
We know the ultimate destination. We know where we're going to end. We know where the straight and narrow path ends. But we don't know the joy along the way and the insights and the hopes and the changes and the aha moments and those breathtaking times where we say, God, you are wonderful. I like some of the words found in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's letters from prison while reflecting on how to take a stand against Nazism, fighting the good fight. He was locked away. Bonhoeffer writes, everything has its time. And the main thing is that we keep step with God and do not keep pressing on a few steps behind, nor keep dawdling a step ahead. No, it's presumptuous to want everything at once. Everything has its time. Indeed, it does. Our steps are ordered. We can't get ahead of God. We can't fall behind God. We realize it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's about the walk with God. And as we walk, we change. It was on the 11-day journey. 11 days. It's all it took to get from Egypt to Canaan. 11 days. But the Bible says God didn't lead them that way. He didn't lead them the easy way, the quick way. The Bible says he led them about. Why? The reason given is a pretty strong one. He said that these people, they're just not strong enough to take the promised land. They need to have more and more Egypt left behind. They need to get more of God. But that trip was stretched from 11 days to a solid year. But even then, even then at Kadesh Barnea, we find out the majority was still not ready. Took another 40 years to get rid of that mindset. Another 40 years of living and walking with God. God's not into shortcuts. He's not into microwaving. He's into marinating, as Brother Tenney would say. God says through Enoch, I want to walk with you. I want to form a relationship with you. Do you know in 1960, McDonald's only had 200 restaurants. 50 years later, they had 30,000 or so. And so began the fast food culture in America, Wendy's, KFC, everything you see. Standard Defoe is a researcher at the University of Toronto wanted to see, has fast food culture affected us in other areas of our lives? In a series of experiments, he subliminally flashed the logos of fast food restaurants before the subject's participants. It just dawned on me, I really shouldn't be talking about food on day one of the fast. Should I give me, can I get a witness to that? Amen. What the researchers noticed is that the more people saw fast food logos, even subliminally, the more impulsive, short-tempered, and impatient they became. Fast food culture, the researchers said, has fundamentally altered the way we experience time. We want things now. We're impatient. Chuck Swindoll said, our great tendency in this age is to increase our speed, to run faster, even in the Christian life. In the process, our walk with God stays shallow and our tank runs low on fumes. But intimacy with God offers a full tank of fuel that can only be found by pulling up closer to God, which requires taking the time and effort to make that happen. That's the power of Enoch's example. For 300 years, he walked with God methodically, consistently. He had a growing relationship with God. No wonder God took Enoch home. Are, not, are there not 12 hours in a day? They'd grown so close to each other during man's waking moments that maybe God said, hey, 
there's, I need to take you to the place of unending day where we can spend more time together. We rate our walk with God. I wonder how God would rate his walk with us. How does God view our relationship? The reason it's so important to have a close walk with God is that in that closeness comes understanding. In the closeness, he whispers secrets to us. Noah walked with God, found favor, saved his family. Abraham walked with God, found favor, walked in spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's in our revelation, it's our relationship with him. That revelation comes that we find the unsearchable riches of Christ. Walking with God in the New Testament is called walking in the spirit. What all does that include? I'm just going to mention a few things. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's, of course, prayer and the word. It's setting our minds on things above, not on things below. It's ending sinful behaviors. It's not being led by our own will, but by God's will. It's prayer. It's fellowship with God. It's fasting, mortifying the deeds of the flesh. It's unlocking the potential of tomorrow in the spirit. But I want to emphasize this, walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5.25, one translation says, it's keeping in step with the Spirit. Oh, I like that. Like what Scott McKnight wrote, he said, God was on the move. God is on the move. God will always be on the move. And those who walk with God and listen to God are also on the move. And reading the Bible so we can live it out today means always being on the move. Scott said, anyone who stops and wants to turn a moment into a monument, and the, as the disciples did when Jesus was transfigured, they will soon be wondering, where has God gone? God's on the move. We got to realize that. He's walking on water. He's walking through the fire. He's, he's walking and skipping over the mountains and trudging through the deep valleys. And to walk with him is what we need. How important that is in the day we're in right now. I told the church yesterday morning, we've never passed this way before. Winnie, Elaine, Kirk, we've never passed this way before. We're in a difficult moment. We're in times that try our souls. We need the hand of God. Enoch lived in a pre-flood world, that world that was growing ever more wicked, the, the world that would end with the destruction of that known world. How illustrative of our life it, right now, that this is the way we should live as the shadows creep, as the coming of the Lord draws nigh, as the great awakening emerges this is how we should behave, folks. We should walk with God. God wants to, here's something. I, I think Robert Search said this. I like this. God wants to walk with us. He must walk with us before he can work through us. Oh, I like that. I'm going to repeat that. He must walk with us before he will work through us. So he waits. He waits on us until we draw closer to him, until we're in the presence of the Lord. And once God knows he's got a walking partner, he knows he's got a working partner and he will work through us and that will begin to accelerate. God is no respecter of persons. He will walk with you. He will work through you. But the more you walk with him, the more he's going to choose to use you. 
work through you and make you a mighty chosen vessel fit for the master's use. So when we don't understand, we keep walking. When we don't know what to do, we keep walking because it's in the walking that the revelation comes. The greatest example, of course, in this in our world is the Lord Jesus Christ. He demonstrated in his flesh how to follow the Spirit, how to be led of the Spirit, how to walk in the Spirit. He pushed away from sleep and from weariness and weakness of the flesh. He prayed. He fasted. Stop and ponder that. The sinless one, the victorious one, the triumphant one. Jesus prayed and Jesus fasted. Yes, he was God in flesh. Paul said it was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Yes, he was Emmanuel, Jehovah, God made visible, but he also modeled our walk with God. He was our example, and we are to walk in his steps. And if we will walk in his steps, we will learn to walk with him, to walk with God to walk in the spirit and we will see the wonders and we will do the exploits and we will triumph over the adversity around us right now. And we will possess his nature and his spirit, and the fruit of his spirit. And we'll see God at work in our lives. When we walk with him, he will work through us. Oh, is that beautiful? Is that beautiful? Trevor and Vicki and Yvette, I just find that just so amazing. To talk with God, no breath is lost. Talk on. To walk with God, no strength is lost. Walk on. To wait on God, no time is lost. So wait on. Waiting on God and walking with him. There's simply no better combination. Teach us, God, in this momentous hour. Teach us that life-changing walk and to be with you, and to walk with you. Can I bid you and invite you in these 21 days? Let's devote ourselves to walking with God. Let's devote ourselves to pushing away from the table of the flesh and drawing near to the table of the Spirit. And let's draw closer to one another during this time, because we need this. We need this during this day and age that we live in. There is strength when we unite together. Thank you. Thank you for making, thank you for doing life together during this season. I want you, I bid you, leave prayer requests. Leave, leave your aspirations, your hopes, your dreams. You're not going to find any dream killers in this bunch. We're going to fan the flames of what God is longing to do throughout all of the world. I believe that as we make our appeal to heaven, remember as John Locke wrote in the 1600s, when you lose your appeal on earth and there's nowhere to turn, you have the liberty to take that appeal to heaven. And in this 21 days of prayer, we are appealing to heaven and saying, God, no parliament, no Congress, no media talking head, no politician, no government official, no big tech tycoon, no, no, uh, even no preacher, no sermon 
Nothing like that is going to get us. There's no viral video that's going to get us out of this moment. No, it's going to take what the Bible calls the Lord of hosts. One translation says the Lord of the angel armies. It's going to take the angelic armies of God showing up in this world as we make our appeal to heaven. Thank you for being a part of this. Share with others. Loop them into this 21 days of prayer. You can download the book on Amazon. You can do the audible version. Get into this. Get into the word of God. Let's get into prayer and fasting and see what God can do in our worlds. Thank you for being a part of this. Share one with another. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.